Welcome to the Baptizing Church, where the Word of God is preached undiluted. Our vision is to raise a generation of believers who influence things to the ends of the earth. Here is the Word of God. Listen and be blessed. Go to church this morning, do answer. Bible says not to lie one to another. Hallelujah. Are you really, really excited to be in church this morning? I am excited. Hallelujah. Sweetening in Psalms, I was glad we go to where? The house of the Lord. Hallelujah. Excited. My excitement is like one who has found a great spoil. That's a very, very old expression. I'm sure we'll be lost on so many people. What does it mean? Like one who has found a great spoil. You know, today it's economic war. U.S. is fighting China. China is fighting U.S. You say, if you are not allowing us to bring these goods to the U.S., we also we will block some of your products from being manufactured, you know, in our industry. Um, but I think the coronavirus is changing that dynamics. But you see, in those times, those days, nations will wage war against another nation. And then when you conquer, when you win the war, what usually happens is that you go into the city and you plunder the city. That's another word. What does it mean to plunder? So you go into any house. Why? Because everybody that you have conquered, they become your slave. Which means you have stripped them of their rights to whatever property they used to have. So when you see gold, you take. When you see garment, you take. Okay? So imagine the excitement of those soldiers going back to their nation. Because they went there maybe as thousand years. Yes, and they are going back as millionaires in gold and silver. So imagine a man who now writes that the excitement of coming to the presence of God is like a man who has found a great spot. And you understand what we are talking about. Hallelujah. Last week, don't shake it off too quickly. I taught on fear. Now, if you have not listened to it, I really want you to listen to it. God told me, he said, in 20 years' time, I wrote it down. 20 years' time, this word is for a lady. And then I want you to track it. So I wrote it down in my diary. 20 years. That's 2040. So I have an appointment in 2040 to meet a lady regarding the message I preached last Sunday. I'm saying it to the hearing of you all because that time will surely come. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. How many of you love movies? Love to watch movies? Can I see your hand? Okay, now. So that's not the way to ask the question in church. Um, how many of you love to watch movies after you have read your Bible and you have prayed? <laughs> or how many of you watch movies and then after spending hours watching movies, you are now down with guilt? And lo and behold, Five hours, non-stop. And then you say, because of that gift, just, um, it won't be right for me to just step out. Let, let me pray a little while. And then you pray. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Five minutes, you check your time. So it's like 30 seconds. <laughs> and then you pray the prayer and pray some more. And it's as if you have prayed for like one and a half hours. Only to check your time, you have only prayed for 10 minutes. Then you wonder, what happened? 
Five hours watching movies. I didn't even blink. This one, five minutes. <laughs> you know what it means? It means something else is trying to have your heart. If you don't rescue your heart fast, there will be danger in front. Hallelujah. But the reason why I ask you that question is different. I used to avoid watching series. Because you can spend days watching it. I just love those movies. One and a half hours. Maximum two hours. You watch it. It's finished. You can tell somebody about the movie. That is it. Hyper series. It just goes on and on. I'm like, ah! The devil is really after the souls of men. But can I confess? I just completed one series. <laughs> Don't blame me. I went for a Christian conference. I've been seeing that thing on Netflix. I said, no, serious, not me. Not me, not me. Then I got there, I said, and the pastor said, you see how they paint all of us pastors with the same, with one brush. How many of you have seen Green Leaf? And then I was looking, I've been seeing it, but I've not watched it. He said, you see, that's what they are portraying in Green Leaf. They won't portray church as a good place. Just portray it as pastor sleeping with someone, this one sleeping with that one. So when I got home, I started watching. Hallelujah. I was also praying. <laughs> Hallelujah. But imagine that time that you, you are watching a movie. But the movie is a sequel. I mean, it's what you call part two. Okay? You are watching the part two. haven't seen the part one. And then you completed it. Only for you to find yourself in the midst of your friends. And then they are watching the movie again. But the original, the part one of that movie. And at some point in the movie, you know, maybe a thriller, you see them sitting at the edge of their seats. Why? Because their favorite character is in danger. And it was looking as see if that guy would be killed. Or maybe the leading of those never died. So that's why I didn't say the lead actor. <laughs> and then everybody is like on this edge of their seat. You are just relaxed. Popping some popcorn into, I mean, popcorn into your mouth and just watch it. You know why? You have seen part two. And in that part two, that guy they were afraid was going to die was actually one of the main guys in part two. So why everybody were at the edge of their seat? They were just relaxed. That relaxation, that peace of mind came as a result of having seen part one. Having seen what happened. You've seen it all. And so in part, yeah, in part one, when everybody were, were when they were all afraid, you were not afraid. Why? Because you had seen it. What I want to teach this morning is one of the revelations that God gave to us right from the beginning. I mean, right from the beginning. It's more like God showing us what he has done. Not what he will do. What he has done. And he wants us to take our bearing from what he has done when it comes to relating with him, when it comes to praying to him, when it comes to fellowshipping with him, or whatever engagement that you want to have with him, he wants that to be the bedrock or the basis of your engagement with him. This morning, I want, to, I want us to explore the message I've titled, Rest. Tell your neighbor, Rest. 
There is another word that you may not have spoken in a long while. Some of us, maybe we speak it from time to time because we are spiritual like that. Tell your neighbor, Sabbath. Sabbath. My name is Shaba. I didn't say Shaba. I said Sabbath. Yes, Sabbath means rest. But the title of this message is rest. It's rest. You see, Sabbath means a lot of things, different things to different people. Some said that you are not supposed to be worshipping on, on Sunday. You are supposed to worship on Saturday. Why? Because Saturday is the real Sabbath that God said we all must observe. If they are right, that means all of us are like sinners. Because instead of gathering on Saturday, here we are on Sunday morning. Worshipping and fellowshipping with one another. Other people believe that Sabbath, you don't do anything, you don't go to work. You don't do anything, just stay somewhere. From the evening of Friday to the evening of Saturday. You remember? Bible says, and there was evening and there was morning the first day. That's the first thing God created. So when they were to observe Sabbath also, Sabbath will start in the evening of Friday and end on Saturday evening. That's Sabbath. Okay? Rest. The question this morning is, God introduced this from the beginning and that concept rose through the entire scriptures. From the old, from the beginning to the time they were in Egypt, to the time they came out of Egypt, Sorry, to the time of the patriarch, to the time they went to Egypt, the time they came out of Egypt, to the time of King David, and ultimately to the time of Christ. The same concept started from the beginning and ran through. God was trying to communicate something. That thing that God is trying to communicate, which men bastardize after some time, because that, that is it. That's what we do. That's what we do. When something works, we build structure around it. We are unable to move forward. God is saying, move. move. This thing is producing results. That is the nature. The same thing with Sabbath. Sabbath was turned to something else. Up until the time of Christ that they had even forgotten the significance of Sabbath. And Christ had to come up and remind them one more time of the meaning of Sabbath. Tell your neighbor, Sabbath. It means rest. Let me say one more thing before I move forward. Don't think you know what I'm about to talk about. I know you are familiar with the word rest. After all, if I have labored so hard or have traveled up and down, I come back to my room to the comfort of my bed to rest. That is not what we are talking about. It is not a rest from exhaustion or from labor. It's a different kind of rest. It's a different kind of rest. That's the reason why you have to give me your ears. Because understanding this concept will free you from a lot of things. You will see God in a brighter light and you will understand your relationship with God better. Hallelujah. So turn your Bibles to Hebrews chapter 4. Why are we using Hebrew chapter 4? Because the writer of Hebrew has helped us 
to bring together different aspects of this word Sabbath, this concept. And we're going to read through, and I will take you also to the Old Testament, take you to the sayings of Christ in a bit for you to, in a bit for you to have a better understanding of this concept. Is that alright? Hebrews chapter 4. Um, I don't like football that much. But I think this morning I have to walk alone. <laughs> Hallelujah. Therefore, since a promise remains, now it will be wrong to start from here. Let's start from verse 16 of chapter 3. No, let's start from verse 14. <laughs> For those who don't know, when you are reading your Bible and it's as if you are starting from the middle of a conversation, what it means is that those who put chapters there made a mistake. So you want to back up. Okay? Don't be limited. Uh, why are you reading chapter 3 verse 16? Let's start from chapter 4. No. Don't limit yourself to chapters. Chapters were adding for easy referencing. Okay? So this one, I was about reading it. I realized it won't make much sense. So we need to go back a little bit. Let's start from verse 14, chapter 3. Of chapter three. It says, For we have become partakers of Christ if we hold the beginning of our confidence steadfast to the end. Verse 15. Why it is said today, if you will hear his voice, do not in your heart as in the rebellion. 16. For who haven't heard rebelled, indeed, was it not who came, sorry, was it not all who came out of Egypt led by Moses? Now with whom was he angry for 40 years? Was it not with those who sinned, whose corpses fell in the wilderness, and to whom did we swear, did he swear, that they will not enter his rest? But to those who did not obey. Tell your neighbor, those who did not obey. Verse 19. So we see that they could not enter in because of what? Don't forget that. That's very important. They could not enter the rest that God has provided because of unbelief. The reason why they could not enter was not because God had not made the provision. The reason is not because salvation is, is, is uh, was not available or deliverance was not available. It was just the fact that they did not believe that God had made such a provision for them. Verse 4, chapter 4 now. Therefore, since a promise remains of entering his rest, let us fear lest any of you seem to have come short of it. Verse 2. For indeed the gospel was preached to us as well as to them, but the word which they heard did not profit them. So in other words, the word is supposed to profit. When I come to church and I'm hearing the word of life, I'm supposed to profit by it. So the Bible now qualifies those who will profit from the word. Separates, the Bible separates them from those who won't profit from the word. He said, the first set of people, the word did not profit them because of what? Because it wasn't mixed with faith in their heart. Hallelujah. For indeed the gospel was preached to us as well as to them, but the word which they heard did not profit them, not being mixed with faith in those who heard it. Verse 3. For we, say we, this is a change of conversation. Guys, from the beginning he was telling us the history of how this thing happened. In other words, he wanted to tell us about the rest that God has provided for the people of God, and he used, he made use of their time, their sojourn in Egypt. 
and how God took them from the land of Egypt. And the promise God gave them is that there is a place called Canaan, the promised land. In that place called Canaan, you are going to inherit graves that you did not plant. You will live in houses that you didn't build. You will occupy, chase out the inhabitants and take over their land. He gave them that promise. But guess what? The original recipients of that promise were unable to get into the promised land because of unbelief. Hallelujah. Are, you, are we together? In verse 3, the conversation changes. From narrating a story to talking about you and I. He now says, For we who have believed to enter that rest, as he has said, so I saw in my wrath they shall never enter my rest, although the works were finished from the foundation of the world. What is calling them into? Don't mind. I mean, just relax. I will take you to the promised land. Okay? Just follow. Just follow. Amen. He says, the works were finished from the foundation of the world. Verse 4. For he, for he has spoken in a certain place of the what? Seventh day. In this way. And God rested on the seventh day from all his works. God rested from all his works. And again in this place, they shall never, they shall not enter my rest, since therefore it remains that some must enter it, and those to whom it was first preached did not enter because of disobedience. Again, it designates a certain day. Saying in David, today, after which, after such a long time, as it has been said, today, if you will hear his voice, do not add him your heart. I am telling you this morning, don't add in your heart. The same way David declared that another day has been designated and that day is called today. I am telling you today has been designated for you also to enter into the rest of God. The moment you understand what that rest is, I'm telling you your life will be different. So another day has been given to us. That day is today. March. What's the day? What's today's day? Eight of March. International Women's Day. <laughs> Hallelujah. We love you, women. And again, in this place, they shall not enter my rest, since therefore it remains. Said today, if you hear his voice, do not add in your heart. Verse 8. For if Joshua, I don't know the translation you are using, another translation will say, if Jesus. Okay? That is very significant. That's why I'm pausing. Because the word Joshua in Hebrew is the same word rendered Jesus in Greek. Okay? So don't be surprised if your translation is from the Septuagint. And then it's um, from Greek translation. And what you have there is Jesus. He said, if Joshua had given them rest, then he will not afterward have spoken of another day. In other words, the movement to the promised land that they understood to be the rest that God is taking them to is symbolic of something deeper than what they thought they were coming into. Are you following me? So he said in Joshua, because at the end of the day, Joshua made declaration that all the things that the Lord promised you, he has delivered. That was the conclusion of Joshua. That all the things that the Lord has promised you, he has delivered. So he looked as if 
the promise of rest that God gave to the children of Israel, God has fulfilled. But the writer of Hebrew opened another chapter to let us know that that is not the end of it. I wish it together. It says Joshua, I've not done it. Nine, there remains therefore a rest for the people of God, for he who has entered his rest, look at verse 10, for he who has entered his rest as himself also ceased from his works as God did from his. I'm coming back there. See, I'm, I've not started my message where I'm just reading the scriptures and I'm just putting some emphasis on some things because I'm coming back there. Verse 11, let us therefore be diligent. Let's give it all it takes to enter the rest lest anyone fall according to the same examples of disobedience. In other words, it will be disastrous for you and I under the new covenant not to experience the rest that God has made available to us. That is, we may also fall according to the example of those who couldn't get into Canaan because of unbelief. What happened to them? Their carcasses fell in the wilderness. Oh, I'm led by the Spirit to say some things here. So they said, what happened to this man? And the man is dying. And I'm telling you, tomorrow the man is going to die. He's a good believer. If he doesn't sit in the seat of the scornful, he's a lovely man. He's a man who loves the wife and all that does what he's supposed to do. A good, fine Christian. But guess what? That sickness is going to kill him. Why? He has not entered into the rest of it. <laughs> Are you surprised? You are languishing in penury. You, you, I mean, no money is coming for things. You are struggling and struggling and struggling and you have concluded that well, maybe this is my lot in life not to have money and all that and then you will continue to struggle. Why? Because you have not entered into the rest of them. Are you following me? A lot of believers are experiencing what they have no business experiencing all because of unbelief. Unbelief. Now, it could be as a result of ignorance. Maybe they are in a place where they are not taught right. Or it could be that they are being, they are receiving the word of life. The only difference is that instead of receiving the word, it's something else that is going on in their heart. Instead of focusing on the truth of the word, they are busy analyzing something else. That could be the reason. But whichever reason, the reason why a believer will not experience all that God has provided through Christ Jesus is because he's yet to enter into the rest of God. That is how important this message is. Let us therefore be diligent to enter that rest lest anyone fall according to the same example. The same example of disobedience. Look at verse 12. Oh my God. For the word of God is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of soul and spirit and of joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thought and the intent of the art, and there is no creature hidden from his sight, but all things are naked and open to the eyes of him to whom we have to give account. The question is, why is this following immediately after verses 10 and 11? Verse 14. Seeing then that we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus the Son of God, let us hold fast our confession. <laughs> Your theology has better be right. 
Your theology about the things that you believe are better be right. When it comes to money, what's the theology? What's your understanding of scriptures? What is the understanding of the mind of God regarding money? When it comes to relationships, various ones with friends, with colleagues, with business, in businesses and all that, your theology had better be right on what the Bible says, how you are to regulate such relationship. When it comes to the person, to your marriage, you had better have the right theology regarding it. He said, let us hold fast our confession. Let us revisit our convictions in the word of God regarding the things we do on the earth. Everything. Everything. All your endeavors on the earth. You must locate what the mind of God is concerning it. Everything. 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 <laughs> You know why? In verse 13, he said, in verse 12, he said, the word is living and active, right? In verse 13, he said, all things are naked and open before the eyes of him that we have to do. In other words, there is nothing that you are doing that is not aware of. In other, so if he's aware of everything you are doing, is that not another way of saying God is interested in everything concerning you? So he's looking for men and women who will seek his mind. Concerning all the things that they do. That's it. Let's finish this so that I can go to my message. For we do not have a high priest, verse 15, who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses, but was in all points tempted as we are, yet without sin. Let us therefore, hey, verse 16, let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace. Come boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I haven't read the entire scriptures. I want to go to the beginning. So the Bible in verse 4 of chapter 4 of Hebrew, it told us clearly seven place, seven this way. And God rested. And God rested. Hallelujah. And God rested on the seventh day from all his works. God rested. In other words, this place was referring us to Genesis chapter 2 verse 2. So in the beginning, the first day God created, the, the, he said, let there be light and there was light. And then he created the firmament and then he created vegetation and then he created animals and then he created all this. And lastly, on the sixth day, the Lord created man. And the Bible says on the seventh day, the Lord had finished creation, he rested. Let's stay a little bit with that. Why didn't God create man first? Don't forget that we are trying to understand rest. What God began to do in creation, he began to create the things that man will need to survive on the earth. Because man is the crown of creation. Everything was created for him. He was put in charge of everything he created. So he created him last because he needed to create all the things that man will need before creating man. Otherwise, he will create man and hang him in nowhere, in nothingness. Say, ah, where will man stay? Let's quickly land up here. Oh, yeah, stay here for now. And uh, what we need? What we need? Let's create. No, 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 no. He created everything. But you see, there is something unique about that creation that is different from the way we create. At least the way some of us create things. 
When God said, every tree with the seed that will perpetuate that particular tree. Are you following what I'm saying? God finished creation. When he created a tree, the seed that will ensure that that tree will not die off was created with it. Everything God created, including man, he put the seed within it. He put the seed within it. This is an aside, maybe for someone. We create businesses that cannot even last five years. We create businesses. How many businesses do we have in Nigeria that can last 100 years? Very few. Five years before the fifth anniversary, the business is off. And then we say, I'm created in the image of God. Which image? Which image? Which image? Are you following me? Sorry, this is going to have many parts. I'm just trying to touch on some things. God created all the seed that we ensure that what he has created will continue through many generations. That was the way God created. But get it? Get, get it? He created everything. And then he created man last. And then to show the essence of the seventh day that he set aside, he planted a garden. And he put man in that garden. And he will come to fellowship with man in that garden. Folks, the very first statement I want to make is that the essence of Sabbath, first and foremost, was for fellowship. Sabbath was not first and foremost about not eating or not cooking or separating the day. It was first and foremost about fellowship. Why? God wanted them to remember all things came from me. and the source of all things. Everything you see, tomorrow I know you will look at a tree and bring furniture out of it. You will look at a tree and bring cotton out of it. But remember the original thought, the original material that you are going to be using, it came from me. It came from me. He consecrated that day. He wanted them to remember it. Hallelujah. He set that day aside and he wanted them to remember it. Hallelujah. And the journey continued. When they got to Sinai, he gave them a tablet. He wrote on the tablet of stone. And one of the commandments he gave them, remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. As you go about your normal business, thou shalt not covet your, your neighbor's property. That's a relationship among men. Thou shalt not do this. Thou shalt not do that. Thou shalt not do this. Thou shalt not do that. But in all your endeavors, never forget me. Never forget everything flowed from me. So he said, remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Because of our relationship. Not just relationship with your friends. Relationship with God. Now think about it today. Talking about rest. How many of us remember it? I'm telling you. We live our lives. We wake up every day. We go about our businesses and all that. You know. And we say thank God. I've got a spirit within me. And all that and all that. To say some things and all that. But guess what? If we look at your life critically. There is nothing to show that your dependence is on God. There is nothing to show that you really seek him. Sabbath or rest, first and foremost, is about fellowship. It's about relationship with, the God, with God. Hallelujah. It's about relationship with God, first and foremost. So he said, remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. So they began to observe Sabbath. They will not walk. They will not do anything. For God to really show them that this is so dear to my heart. 
that this is central to the things I'm going to do on the earth. Guess what? When they cried to God, they needed food. He gave them manna. Are you following me? He gave them manna. Manna means, what is this? That's the meaning of manna. What is this? He gave them manna. Follow me. Every day they go to the field to gather manna. The instruction around manna is that you must gather what you can eat for a day. Beyond one day, don't gather. Guess what? These people, the Bible says, they are scattered, scattered all over the place because they were disobedient. So some gathered and they gathered more. But by the next day, guess what happens? Worms. Worms had already developed. It was thinking. People were shouting, get this thing out of the camp. So, easily identify those who are disobedient. It's a matter of time too among believers. It's a matter of time. We will know those who have not been following the word. <laughs> gather manna. They gather for two days. But why am I telling you about manna? Because when it, when it, when it gets to Friday, they were supposed to gather two portions. Every other day they gather one portion. On Friday they gather two portions because on the Sabbath day they are not supposed to work. God supposed to have been the one to have supplied all their needs. So guess what happened? They will gather for two days on Friday. And by the next day, worms won't grow in it. God was sanctioning the fact that I am the Lord of the Sabbath. I'm going somewhere. Are you following me? Every other day, worms will grow up if you gather more. But on the Sabbath day, you gather for two days to last you till Sabbath. And it continues. Hallelujah. So this tradition continued until the time of Jesus. In the time of Jesus, his disciples will enter into the field, pluck corn, and begin to eat. Jesus will see a lame man rise and walk, and people will be angry. They are angry because he healed on the Sabbath. Angry because his disciples were plucking corn on Sabbath day. They were supposed to just sit down. There's something called Sabbath day journey. You are not even supposed to travel far. There's something called Sabbath day journey. Don't travel far. But Jesus, they were just flouting the things anyhow. In Mark chapter 2, verse 28, Jesus made a declaration. He said, I am what? The Lord of the Sabbath. Mark chapter 2 verse 28. Jesus was trying to draw their attention away from the, the religion that they have built around the celebration of Sabbath. He was pointing their attention to the real thing. Tell your neighbor the real thing. You see all the things have been narrated. Consecrate the Sabbath day. Do this and do this. Don't do this on Sabbath day. Everything was in preparation they were all called shadows. I'm going to show you in scripture in Colossians. They were, all, they were all shadows pointing to the real image. When Jesus showed up in Mark 2.28 and he said, I'm the Lord of the Sabbath, what he was trying to communicate to them is that, see, I am the full expression of the shadow that you have been observing. So you've been looking at the shadow. You can see the head and all that. All you need to do is to move closer and maybe turn the corner and see the real image that is casting that shadow. Is somebody still with me? Have I lost you? I have not. Thank you. 
you are doing so well. Hallelujah. So the physical observance of the of Sabbath points to something real. It points to Christ Jesus himself. And he made that declaration in Mark 2, 28. I am the Lord of the Sabbath. Now he made that statement having responded to the Pharisees by saying Sabbath was made for who? For man and not man for the Sabbath. In other words, Sabbath was made for the enjoyment or for the benefit of man and not the other way around. Sabbath was made for the benefit of man and not the other way around. Sabbath, that is rest, was made for man and nothing else. Hallelujah. Now let's go to the meaning of rest. The Bible says on the seventh day, God rested from all his works. Isaiah will tell us that God is not a man. He doesn't get weak like men. God is not a man. He does not get tired like men. God is not a man. So the things that men are subjected to, they don't affect God. He's God all by himself. So when the Bible says that on the seventh day God rested, they were not saying God was tired, so he had to take a rest. The Bible didn't say God became weary, and so he had to take a rest. So what does it mean that God rested on the seventh day? The meaning of that rest, as against the one you think you know, is that rest means God finished the work. Minister Marx is a lawyer. He pleads a case. I don't know. The lawyer says, say I rest my case. When the lawyer says, I rest my case, after pleading on behalf of the guilty or the accused, I rest my case. Is Minister Marx saying, oh sorry, barrister, let me call you barrister. His barrister saying, I'm tired of my case. He's saying, I've laid all the facts before you. I've explored all the precepts, all the previous judgment that have been given, and everything on my argument. Everything is now before you, judge. I rest my case. I rest my case means I've finished my own bit of it. I've completed it. I've finished it. I've finished the work. So you remember when I said you should sing prophetically, you've done everything for me. Because that song is in conformity. It's in line with what I'm teaching this morning. God rested means that God finished the work. It means that God completed the work. It means there was nothing. See, including your salvation, including the sicknesses and the diseases you will have, including whatever coronavirus or whatever the outcomes that man's hand will produce, the negatives and the positives, whatever they might be, God rested on the seventh day. He finished the work. He finished the work. Folks, he finished. Tell your neighbor, he finished the work. He finished the work. You don't know the implication. Father, I don't know if he will do it. Just look at me. Just do it. No! It does not move by emotion. Those who understand that God has entered into rest, they also have rested from their labors. When they approach God now, they are not begging. When they approach God now, they are approaching as heirs. As heirs. As heirs. Are you following what I'm saying? Romans chapter 8, the Bible says we are joint heirs with Christ. We are joint heirs with Christ. Let me explain what it means to you. It means we have access. Equal, it doesn't mean that the booty has been shared 50% for you. So no! Joint heirs means 100%. It's like saying, 
no, you are not, I don't know who is older between the two of us, but let's assume you are our father. You are our father, right? He is your son. I am your son. The two of us are your sons. I have, I am 100% a son to you. He is 100% a son to you. Are you following what I'm talking about? 100%. You don't share it. So when it comes to the access to the provision of God, it is not like Pastor Topper is a pastor. So he has more. Me, I'm a joint heir also, but you see, I'm not a pastor because I'm even afraid of taking the call. For me, I'm just my 20%. No! Both pastors and priests, bishop and archbishop, Bible says we are joint heirs. Equal access to the provision of God. Equal access. So the Bible says on the seventh day, God blessed him. Never forget that for a second. Because what it means is that God has provided for all outcomes, for all needs, for anything you could ever think of. He has provided everything. 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 There will never, let, let me explain what that means. What that means is that there will never be a time like you are in a situation and God is thinking, ah, you don't make provisions for that. There will never be a time that God is creating again. He has created all. He has created all and he placed within that seed Within what he has created, the seed that that thing will continue. So when he created Adam, he put in Adam and Eve the seed that through them the nations of the earth will be populated. That through them they will begin to give birth and produce after their kind, just like animals are doing, just like plants are doing. Hallelujah. 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 And the story continues. Within that provision of God is the plan of redemption. Within that provision of God that it is uh, God rested. Within that rest is the provision that saved your soul and my soul. So in due time, Christ came as the Lord of the Sabbath. The reason why he called himself the Lord of the Sabbath is because his appearance on the earth is according to the rest of God on the seventh day. And so when he hung on the cross, he said, I'm thirsty. They gave him something to drink. What did he say next? What did he say next? It is finished. It is finished. Now, it is finished. It's as, it's as if he, I mean, it's the same thing as saying, now I rest. Now I rest. It is finished means the work has now been completed. Because in the first declaration of God that God rested on the seventh day is the provision for our salvation. At that time, man had not sinned. At that time, man had not lost it. But guess what? God already knew that may happen. He made provision for it. So when Christ came, he didn't deviate from that plan. When he completed it and he died on the cross, he knew he was about to die. He said it is finished. It is finished means now the work has been completed. Now what is the implication of this? What's the implication? What's the implication? If as a believer today I am not experiencing the things 
that Christ has given to me. For instance, if any time I come to God, it's always to confess my sins. Any time I come to God, it is confession of sin. Any time. If I'm not confessing my sin, I am begging him. God, do it. I'm a Yoruba man. Babashi, Babashi, Babashi. As a point, Babashi, Babashi. what? You are saying God has done it. You are saying God should come and do it. So what is supposed to be a declaration for you is a prayer. And perhaps what is supposed to be a prayer is for you a declaration. Because what's the difference? Maybe we teach another message. It is not Babashe. He has done it. He has done it. When you approach him, there is a way you now pray to God. It affects the language that you speak before God. It affects the way you see God. You don't see him as a reluctant father. You see him as a father who has given. You see him as a father who has given. So Paul was writing to the Ephesians in Ephesians chapter 3 verse 4 he says when you read you will understand what Ephesians chapter 4 saying that you could not respond means that you don't know it Ephesians chapter 3 verse 4 hallelujah let's start reading from verse 1 Ephesians chapter 3, from verse 1. He said, For this reason I, Paul, the prisoner of Christ Jesus, for you Gentiles, if indeed you have heard of the dispensation of the grace of God, which was given to me for you, how that by revelation he made known to me the mystery, as I have briefly written already, by which when you what? By which when you what? By which when you what? When you read, you may understand. What happens to a man who does not read? He will not understand. So you understand what the writer of Hebrew was saying when in, in, in chapter 4 verse 11, he said, take all diligence to enter into that rest. God said, when you read, you will understand. Paul was writing to the Romans earlier. He wrote to the Romans in chapter 10 verse 17. He said, faith comes by what? By hearing. What I'm teaching you this morning, it the faithless life. I can have titled it the faithless life. He said, When you read, you will understand. When you read, you will understand. He was writing to the Hebrews in chapter 4, verse 11. Take all the days. All it takes. All it takes. Do you have enough understanding about the things that is in front of you? There is an issue you are confronting. How much of the world do you understand regarding that issue? What is the mind of God regarding that issue in front of you? Hallelujah. I am addressing how to enter into that rest. He said, do all diligence. Hallelujah. Let me quote it to you. Let me quote it. Hebrews chapter 4, 11. He said, let us therefore be diligent to enter into that rest. And I'm telling you folks, that taking diligence means you've got to seek out 
you need understanding, you need to know what the word of God says, you need to understand what the Bible says you have received of God, you need to understand who you are in Christ Jesus, the believer who crossed before God. God, I know I am unworthy to stand before you. Lord, I'm a wretched sinner. Shut up your mouth! It sounds intelligent. It sounds pleasing to the ear, but you are quoting the language of the devil and of demons. You are not quoting the scriptures. What the Bible says is that not according to the righteous work that we have done, but according to his grace. He saved us by the watching of regeneration and renewing by the Holy Ghost. When you come to God, he said we are quoting the word. Boldness! Boldness does not mean you don't send God. Boldness means you are established in the truth of what the Bible says you are. I'm not saying don't confess your sins because a number of you need to repent this time. I'm not saying don't confess your sins. I'm not saying, Lord, I'm sorry. I did that. Yes, that is in order. But when you are approaching him, you say, Lord, I'm sorry. You are approaching him because you know you are a son. In fact, if you are not a son, there is no basis. I mean, it won't be possible for you to stand before him. Are you following what I'm saying? The reason why many are not experiencing the rest of God, e.g., health, wealth, what other things? Influence, impact, nail it. Whatever it is that you are doing on the face of the earth, they are within the rest that God has brought you into. But the reason why many are not stepping into it is because they are not taking everything to enter into it. When last did you study the world? When now did you read the word? You think you read the word of God so that I can I can cram portions of scriptures to throw at all believers? Do you know what Romans chapter 10 verse 17 is? Do you know I can quote Ephesians from the last from chapter 6 back to chapter 1? That's not what we are talking about. We are saying that as you are studying the word, your fellowship with the Father is deepening. As you are cleaning the truth from the pages of the word, your understanding of God is, a, is getting more and more enlightened. You are getting deeper and deeper in your fellowship with the Father at the same time. That is the person who is studying the word. The one that the only thing you can show, having studied the word, is that you can quote. You don't understand what we are talking about. Because it's not about quoting, it's about the word having a place to stay in your heart. Take all diligence. Take all diligence. Let me read the scripture to you. I love it so much, but I hope it will make sense to you this morning. First Peter, second Peter chapter one. I read from verse one. He says, Simon Peter, a bond servant and apostle of Jesus Christ, to those who have obtained like precious faith with us by the righteousness of our God and Savior Jesus Christ. Verse two. Grace and peace be what? According to what? In the knowledge of God and of Jesus Christ our Lord. The knowledge of God and of Jesus Christ our Lord is what increases grace. I cannot sleep. I don't know what's wrong. I don't know what's happening to me. The Bible says grace and peace be multiplied according to the knowledge of Christ. Knowledge of God. As you grow in knowledge, that is the diligence. As you grow in the knowledge the more of the rest of God you are able to experience. As you grow in knowledge, as you grow in knowledge, he says, faith comes by hearing. See, this hearing is not just when I'm talking to you. When you are reading the word also, you are hearing. 
some of you don't understand what I'm saying. The Bible was not written to be read. The Bible was written to be read aloud. They were used to other tradition, cramming sons of scriptures and regurgitating the same. That was the background. So when the word was given to them, somebody would stand in the midst. The Bible says Jesus on a certain day came, went to the synagogue, they gave him the scripture. He began to read it to the hearing of everybody. The reason why faith comes by hearing is because they understand that you must hear this thing. I mean, that whole tradition, I don't know. I hope you understand what I'm talking about. When you take the word of God and you read it, sometimes read it aloud. Sometimes read it, let your hear it, read it out. Because that's how faith comes. That's how you get to understand who God is. That's how you understand how to please God. The Bible says, without faith, it's impossible to please Him. Hebrews 11 says, it's impossible to please Him without faith. So, since faith is the access point to the rest of God, then the diligence the Bible is talking about must be about the Word of God. Because the very next verse to that diligence now says, for the Word of God is living and active. Are you following what I'm saying? Having talked to us about how to take all diligence to enter into the rest, the very next verse says, and the word of God is living and active. That it, it is potent. It is potent. It has the ability to dismantle the tower of doubt in the heart of man. It has the ability to remove the legs of the structure of evil that has been built in a man's heart. No matter what it is that stands against the knowledge of God, the word of God is powerful to dislodge that which does not belong to him. Hallelujah. So the Bible says, Isaiah prophesied about the rest that you and I have come into. He said the chastisement of our peace was laid on him. Was laid on him. The chastisement, the ability for you to face, to come to where God is. That access was made possible by Christ. That a man will have headache and say in the name of Jesus, out! That authority to command headache out was made possible by Christ. That another person is around you and say, what is happening? We don't even know what is wrong. We don't even know what is wrong. They say, bring him! Who are you? I'm just a, I'm a bro. Bring him! In Jesus' name, out! That ability, that authority to command devils to come out, to command sicknesses and diseases to come out, is within the rest that have come into. But you will not do it except you have taken all diligence to be grounded in the truth of God. Don't do it. The next thing you will say is that, hey, does anybody have Panadol? Is there any Kuroku in there? Just take two. Oh, you don't know what it is? It's the one that is yellow. And then add two of red and one green. I don't know such thing. I don't know such thing. What I know is that I gave my life to Christ in 1993. I make this post every time. I didn't like drugs. So it didn't even come from God. It came from non-liking drugs. So when I became a Christian, the first time I took you, I knew, nobody taught me, I knew that it must stop from being I don't like drugs to I am healed. <laughs> I knew. Otherwise, I will be playing with death. So there was one day in the house. I think I told you this story. I had an infection. So it's like, my wife was like, take this thing. She already recommended what to take. 
doctor was going to that my dick, my dick, you are going to out. For infection, you can imagine the thing moving. You know, infection, no? I remember, so it doesn't matter, infection. I went to the toilet. And I came out. You know what you are expecting? It just became okay. No! <laughs> I went back to the bed and slept for two more days. But on the third day, I told myself I can't continue to sleep on this bed. I rose up. I began to do my normal thing. I did not know when it left. I did not know when it left. Folks, I understood what it means to come to enter into the rest of God. How do you enter into the rest of God? Become grounded in the truth. Search for it. Search for it. But Paul said, do we understand the mystery I have into what Christ has done for us by what? Reading. When you read, we understand. When you read, we understand. When you read, we understand. When you seek the Lord, seeking the Lord means you are, you test after what he has said, after his word. The mind of God is revealed there. The power of God is revealed there. All he has done for you is revealed there. Seek him. Then you will begin to experience the rest of God. The rest of God. The provision has been made completely. So the last verse of Hebrews chapter 4 says, let us come boldly to the throne of grace. Hallelujah. Let us come boldly to the throne of grace that we may what? Obtain that we may obtain mercy and find those who obtain mercy, those who find grace and those who come out. He didn't say come. He said come boldly. When it comes to Christ Jesus, you must be fully persuaded. When you come to the things of God, you must be fully persuaded. The word boldly means be fully persuaded. When you are coming to him, you come into him that he is the solution that you seek. You come to him, you say he is the source of all things. You come to him, you say there is nothing impossible for him to do. When you approach him, there is a full persuasion in your heart that is able to do that which you have need of. Come boldly before the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help when? Don't, man, don't think, don't manage your needs by yourself. Don't say, I'm a strong man, strong. Don't worry. What's, what's wrong? I'm okay, I'm okay, I'm okay. No, you are not okay. You are not okay. You may need me to pray with you. I'm not saying me as a pastor. I mean just another brother. Okay? I don't mean come to pastor to always pray. No. I just mean, God, you agree with me. You can just pray with me. I don't know what's going on within me. I'm, I'm, I'm disturbed. I'm disturbed. You can just pray with me. You know, this thing happened many years ago on OAU campus. I've told some people, but some of you have not heard this story. And I was just praying daily because that was our pattern. You just go to sports center. You just pray. You just pray. Pray one hour, two hours, three hours, four hours. Where you pray until you are tired. And then you walk through. I will walk through the sports, sports, um, sports hall. And then get to factory hall and just go and rest. And one of these days I was praying and a beloved sister just tapped me. A member of my fellowship, but at the time I did not know. She just tapped me. She said, she said, she said yes, yes, pray for me, pray for me. What's the matter? She said, I'm going mad, sir. I'm going mad. Eh? She said, I'm going mad. Initially, I'm not lying. I was afraid. And then I heard her hands. So let's speak in tongues. I heard her hands. I began to take her all around, speaking in tongues, speaking in tongues, and all that. About five minutes or so later, she began to laugh. 
she began to laugh. I could no longer continue. I stopped. I said, what's happening? She's even in, she lives in Abuja now. I said, what's happening? I said, Pastor, I thought I was going mad. When I heard her language, I knew that was the voice of faith. She said, I thought I was going mad. Means that something happened to me as I began to pray. And now I know I'm not going mad anymore. Full persuasion by the word of God. By the power of Christ. Full persuasion. So when things are wrong with you, don't just hold on. Don't just keep quiet. You might need somebody to pray with. You might need. But how does the Bible put it? That what is a man who falls and there's nobody to help him up? There must always be someone in your life that you can say, agree with me, brother. Agree with me, sister. You know why? We have come into rest. But sometimes the road, the, the, the vision becomes empty. Sometimes it's so opaque, you cannot really see clearly. And you need someone to join you. And as the person begins to make declarations beside you, faith rises within you. And then you know this is the end of it. You know you have won the battle. You know this thing is done and all that. I know some of you have questions. If I've entered into rest, how come I'm still laboring? You don't understand. You have quit your own labor. The Bible says that he who has come into rest has also rested as God rested from his labor. Has rested from his labors as God rested. What that means is this. See, that a provision of bread has been made. All your room, God has filled it with bread. For you not to go hungry, you will walk to where the bread is. You will pick one loaf. And if you are buoyant enough, you will make a cup of tea. As you are eating the bread, you will be supporting it with tea. Who made the provision? Answer me. Who made the provision of the bread? Who is going to go and pick the bread? Who makes the tea? Do you understand? You have come into rest. But the diligence you are going to take, you have to take all diligence. The study of the word, the praying, seeking the Lord, praying and all that. They will say, um, I don't know if they do this in other languages. In Yoruba, I don't know where got it from. Father, pray for your child. <laughs> we do a lot of things. They sound so religious and so correct. They are terrible. Statements made by the devil. You know why I'm saying the devil? Because when you say Baba Badra it's not what the scripture says. The scripture says the word of faith is where? In your heart. When he said the spirit helped our infirmity because we do not know what to pray. But the spirit helps us to pray in accordance with the will of God. Who is doing the praying? Me. Who is helping me with the prayer? The Holy Spirit. Who is waking up in the night to say that I cannot sleep? I'm disturbed. I've got to do some praying. Who is doing the praying? Me. Who is helping me to pray in accordance with the will of God? The Holy Spirit. But what those people are saying is that the Holy Spirit pray for your child. The Bible says that you know the will of God and you are here to help me pray. No, you are the one doing the praying. No. He says the Holy Spirit will help you. The Holy Spirit will help you. So sometimes if I'm speaking in tongues, I don't bother. But when I want to speak in my understanding, I'm telling you the truth. When I want to speak in my understanding, I listen to the voice of the Spirit. I try. I try. I don't get it right all the time. Hear me. Sometimes I miss it. 
and I know. But most times I get it. Most times I get it. Because I'm also aware that this thing, if I persist, if I continue to walk that way, I will, my ability to understand God will become sharper. My ability to pick the signals from the Spirit becomes sharper. But it's as I continue in it. I don't stop. I continue. I continue. I continue. It gets sharper. It gets clearer. It gets better. And I get to a point where I know. Are you going to do it? No, I'm not doing it. At that point, in one second, I already know, made my decision. But before, let me go and pray. I will have to pray for a few days before I come and say, ah, you know what? I'm not doing it. But as you journey with God, in the rest he has brought you into, you come to a place where you understand him so well that when they bring something before you, you can say, no, I'm not doing it. You can say, yes, let's go. Let's go all the way. I hand you this scripture. It says, solid food is for the mature. Hebrews 5.14 Solid food is for the mature. Who by constant use, constant use, daily perusal of the word, constant use, have been able to draw a line of disparity between that which is good and that which is evil. Some things look gray. They are neither black nor white. But when you stay with the word, it comes to a time where you know for sure this is of God, this is not of God. You can tell. No matter how easy the situation is. Have you been blessed? Have you gotten something? Who has come into rest? 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 So this rest is not just physical. But folks, if you have been laboring with this body, I beg rest. If you have been, you are just walking, 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 walking. Blessed. Okay? Blessed. Blessed. Because if you say, I am strong by the Holy Ghost, let's do another week. The Holy Spirit will say, Oh, you foolish child, when shall you lay on your bed and rest for two days? For there was a man in the Bible that Paul said, he was, um, that the guy almost died. What's his name on What's the name of this guy who ran away from his master? Onesimus. Was he the same guy? Another guy, right? With a similar name. You know the guy I'm talking about in the Bible? Paul was writing and he said the guy labored for the church. He was not laboring in the club. He was laboring in the church. He was supporting the work of the ministry. Bible says in the process of doing that, he almost died. Why? He wasn't taking care of his body. He was not resting. I beg rest. Rest. Of course, the rest of God is different, but I'm saying rest. This body, when you have labored and labored physically, is it time. Always try to rest. Rest, relax. So you are ready to fire on. Hallelujah. But you see, the rest we are talking about this morning, it goes beyond that which is physical. It is, I call, redemptive rest that Christ has brought us into. It's a rest from sickness. It's a rest from diseases. It's a rest from lack. It's a rest from, from, from ancestral causes, if there is such. It's a rest from the things that plague men on the earth. It's a rest from the limitations of men. It's a rest from all the evil things that you see on the earth. It's a rest. It's a place of comfort in the midst of the storm. It's a place of peace in the midst 
of where wind is a place that is in Christ Jesus. Jesus said, I'm the Lord of the Sabbath. I'm the Lord of the Sabbath. To the saints who are in TBC, who are in Christ Jesus. To the saints who are in TBC, who are in Christ Jesus. Christ is the Lord of the Sabbath. You are in Christ Jesus. You have come into rest. You have come into rest. You have come into rest. For the next two minutes, you are going to do something for me. You are going to rise on your feet. I don't know what the issue is. It could be your health. It could be your education. It could be anything based on the understanding you have of this message. Begin to make proclamations. Begin to declare this difficult cause. Wisdom is part of my inheritance in Christ. I will sit with this cause. I will understand it and I will pass it excellent, excellently. I will pass it excellently. It does not matter if you failed it once. But this time around it is different. Wisdom is part of it. The Bible said Christ has become for, for us wisdom from us. From, for wisdom for us. Christ has become to you wisdom. You have the ability to read and understand and pass your courses. Yes. Yes, you do. You have come into rest. If you are sick in your body, Bible says by his stripes, you have been healed. So when he said it is finished, it means this is the end of that disease. This is the end of that sickness. It is finished. I have completed the work of your salvation. I have com completed the work of your recovery. I have completed the work of your total freedom from that sickness. It is finished. God rested on the seventh day. It is finished. It is finished. Do you know anybody in this service that needs the touch of God? Okay, I just stopped that. I just stopped that. I, I want to pray for people right now. I, I just want to pray. And let me tell you what this prayer is about. I'm just agreeing with you. I'm just agreeing with you. I'm not even going to ask you what the problem is. I just want to agree with you. Just place my hands in your hand. I just agree with you this morning. If somebody needs, you need me to agree with you. Just say it is so in the name of Jesus. It is so to agree with you this morning. I am here. I'm offering it to you to strengthen your faith. Can you make your way here? Quickly, make your way here. Let's agree together. Let's agree together. Let's agree together. You are in rest. This is an agreement. This is an agreement. You have made the pronouncement from your lips. You have uttered the words of faith from your lips. I am just here agreeing with you. I am here saying amen. I am here saying amen. I am here saying it is so. I am here saying it is so. I am here saying you have it according to your word. According to the word you have spoken. In the name of Jesus. I agree with you brother. It is so as you have spoken it. To the ears of the Lord. I agree with you. 
It is so in the name of Jesus. I agree with you, sister. It is so in the name of Jesus. I agree with you. It is so exactly the way you have spoken it. I agree with you. It has come the way you have requested it in the name of Jesus. I agree with you, sister. It is done for you according to your pronouncement. I agree with you, sir. It is done for you according to your pronouncement. I agree with you, sister. It is so. It is so in the name of Jesus. Your heart is dear to the Lord. Your heart is the Lord. Your eyes are dim. It is so in the name of Jesus. It is done according to your pronouncement. According to your faithfulness. It is done unto you in the name of Jesus. It happens speedily. Just as you have spoken it before the eyes of the Lord. In the name of Jesus. It is happening. Just as you have made the declarations, so it has happened for you in the name of Jesus. It is so unto you. Everything is done. It is completed. Nothing else is needed. Everything is done. So your pronouncement you will wait and you will see it play out before your eyes in the Jesus. It is so for you, brother. God hears the beatings of your heart. He knows exactly why you are worried and troubled. And I tell you this morning, just as you are declared before him, it is so in the name of Jesus. Brother, it is so in the name of Jesus that which troubles your heart no more. You have come into rest and the rest of God will rule your heart from today in the name of Jesus. No more in the name of Jesus. It is so unto you. You expand to the left and to the right and that which troubles your heart is settled. Is settled because you have come into the rest of God in the name of Jesus. It is so unto you in the name of Jesus for your voice is strengthened and your heart is enlarged and you are able to go further and further in the name of Jesus just as you have made the pronouncement before the Lord so it is with you you are operating from a place of strength because you are operating from abundance you see lack not having enough is eradicated totally whether there is something in the bank or not you keep moving because you are praying for the rest of God in the name of Jesus I pray that it is so as you have made the pronouncement before the Lord every word every phrase spoken to his ears they happen unto you according to your faithfulness in the name of Jesus I pray for you I remember you see there is evening and there is morning <laughs> after Sunday it's Monday yes that's the word you remember after Sunday is Monday Monday is a time to display the ability of God to display the wisdom of God to display the capacity that God has given to you you have come into Monday has come in the name of Jesus. It is so unto you as you have spoken to him. He sees your heart. He knows what you are battling with. He knows what you have spoken to him. And I say it is so as you have spoken to his hearing in the name of Jesus. It is so unto you. Brother, it is so. I say amen. I say amen. 
I say amen in the name of Jesus to every petition, to every petition, the pouring of your heart unto him. He has heard you. You have come to your resting place. It's also a wealthy place in the name of Jesus. I pray for you, sister. I say amen. It's done for you. It's done for you. For you see your heart. Your heart is strengthened by the Spirit of the Almighty God. There is a courage to rise and to do. He has put motion to your feet. And according to his instructions to you, you begin to walk boldly as one that has come into the rest of God. In the name of Jesus. I say amen, sister. I say amen. It is so unto you. It's done according to your words in the name of Jesus. It is done for you according to that which you have spoken to him in the name of Jesus. It is done to you according to that which you have spoken to him in the name of Jesus. He exceeds your expectation. He goes beyond that which you have asked and he delivers to you that which will make you because you are praying in the name of Jesus. It is so unto you in the name of Jesus. For you see, all the things that you for you, for you have come to your place of rest in this reply, Jesus. Hallelujah. It is so for you, sister. I say amen to every word you have uttered to him. It is done unto you in the name of Jesus. God sees your heart. He knows everything. He says all things are naked and open before the eyes of him that we are dealing with. And so every word you have spoken, it is so in the name of Jesus. It is so unto you for that this is that that you have looked forward to. You have been seeing it from afar off. But the time that it has been not near is this time. And your access point is your understanding of the rest. Keep basking in that rest. In that rest of God. For he has brought you to a world place. Your eyes are open. And you see that it is here. In the name of Jesus. It is so unto you, sister. According to your word. It is so. Everything is done. Like you are done, done, done in the name of Jesus. It is so unto you, sister. It is so in the name of Jesus. I say amen to everyone. Amen. According to your utterance, in the name of Jesus, I pray for you, brother. In the name of Jesus, that which you have taken before me is done. In the name of Jesus, is done. I pray for you, sister. There is nothing difficult for him. So that which you have placed before him has been settled. The word to you is it has been settled. So what do you do? You rejoice, you praise because it is done. Your response to what he has done is rejoicing and praise in the name of Jesus. It is so unto you, brother. In the name of Jesus. It is so. Your story is being rewritten. But you see it clearly in the rest that Christ has brought you into. Your story is being rewritten. And it is seen clearly in the light of Christ. 
in the light of Christ when you see your story becomes clearer it is so in the name of Jesus it is so it is so much more much more much more is the word it is so it has, he has taken hold of you and is the one leading you from a place of rest so you rely on him your total dependence is on him as he leads you follow and you see the salvation of God in the name of Jesus it is so unto you brother in the name of Jesus it is so you are the loved of the Lord and I see his hands opening wide more like beckoning on you to put your hands in his own hands he's calling you to a deeper fellowship with him he's calling you to a place where you begin to experience him beyond always coming to him with guilt now you come to him with boldness for his spirit is available when you reach forth your hand and put it in his own hands he brings you close for you see all the things you see is done in the name of Jesus is done in the name of Jesus I pray for you sister I say amen to every word I say amen to every proclamation it sees the thoughts of your heart and it's response to you is according to the need of your heart it's according to the need of your heart he has responded to you and from now you operate from that rest in Christ where you have found yourself thank you father I agree with you sister I say it is so every word everything you have uttered to him he says yes and I say amen in the name of Jesus it is so sister it is so he sees it all he sees it all everyone thinks it's okay but you know it's not but I tell you the one who sees in secret the one who knows the thought of every heart he's saying yes according to your word he's saying yes to you and I say amen in the name of Jesus I say amen sister it is done, it's done in the name of Jesus I say amen to you every word, every phrase he says yes, I say amen to you in the name of Jesus I say amen to you brother I say amen in the name I say amen to you. I say amen. I say amen. See, it's the thoughts of your heart. It's the thoughts of your heart. It's the thoughts of your heart. See, you don't sit in the seat of discomfort. You don't make company with those who don't send the Lord. You don't make company with those who profess Christ, but they do otherwise. For you see, your path is different from their own. He's calling you to a different walk. A different walk with Him. A different walk with Him. A different walk with Him. You see, as He talked with Him, everything you need, all that you have ever dreamed of, everything. Look at what His word says. It says, Seek ye first the kingdom. All other things will be added when you walk with him for he's starting a new walk with you he will guide you onto the way everlasting and everything you need for life and godliness he's saying yes 
in the name of Jesus. It is so, sister. I say amen. I say amen to every word you have uttered in the name of Jesus. I agree with you, sister, and I'm saying amen. So shall it be for you. Thank you for listening. We hope you've been tremendously blessed. You can worship with us at Baptizing Church, Excel Center, Abuja, Plot 989, Olusegun Way, Opposite Advanced Link Filling Station, Central Business District, Abuja, Nigeria. Or call 090-8006-6773. You can send an email to info at tbcabuja.org. We meet every Sunday at 9 a.m. And on Wednesday at 6 p.m. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at TBC Abuja, on Facebook at The Baptizing Church TBC. God bless you as you come. Oh,